listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Man, God is so good. We have so much to be thankful for as a church. Um, man, I just uh, I wanted to share some scriptures with you right off the bat, and uh, you don't these aren't going to be on the screen. You don't have to look them up, but if you want to just jot them down in your journal or your iDevice, um, uh, today we're focusing on our hearts being in a position of gratitude. And so I want to start with uh, Psalm 119, which is like the longest forever psalm in the Bible. It's like 150 verses or something. Oh, 176. Anyways, um, 119 verse uh, 90. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. How many generations? All All generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. All generations. The Lord's promised faithfulness to all generations. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. When does the Lord's mercy ever end? Never. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. That's what we've come to celebrate today in We're not done singing yet. We have more praise, but I want to tell you why we're praising today. I want to tell you why we are celebrating the Lord's faithfulness today, but I'm not going to tell you yet. Okay? All right. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear Or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord, your God, who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. How good is that promise? How good is that? So today, I want to, lots of times I come in, um, you know, to, um, to a message, and, you know, I've found an agenda that I feel the Lord on, and uh, I want to communicate that agenda to you guys. And, and today, I just feel the agenda is gratitude. The agenda is, is, is gratefulness, and that's the only agenda today is just to give God praise and thanksgiving for his faithfulness. And so, um, like, we all have these at different times in our life, we all have these walls in our life that uh, we seem, we feel like maybe, man, this wall feels insurmountable. I don't even know how this wall got here, you know, but here I am standing at the base of it, and the Lord has promised that I'm going to get to the other side, but I have no clue how. It feels impossible, right? It feels impossible, 
And uh, so I just, I feel like we want to recognize those moments in our life where the impossible has been made possible through God, through Christ Jesus. And so today, I just want to take a few moments, not long, few moments to, to offer um, anyone who feels led, maybe two, max three people to give a 30-second to one-minute testimony of the Lord's faithfulness. And Ricardo's not afraid to pull the mic away from you if you go on too long. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm glad he has that job, not me, because I want you to like me. So um, I'm just kidding. So, uh, so right now, is there anybody who has a testimony of the Lord's faithfulness? Jeff, go ahead, man. Yeah, just go, go to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I love my punk rock church <laughs> because it, I feel like God has been faithful to my family here at this place because it's a place where we can be who we are. We've been at churches where, where and we've served in churches where we really felt like there was just this burden on us and, and ministry didn't come easy and it, it felt like we had to be something that we weren't. And so, so that, that carried heaviness on us and it wrecked us. And when we came to the mission, it was different. And yeah. uh, you can be yourself. But I, I think God has been faithful through a lot of ups and downs here at this church. Um, we've been through it and he's always been right there. With us. So I just want to testify that, that as a church, we have gone through a lot. God has been so, so faithful as to our family. Um, and he meets us where we are. It's mm. good, man. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else got a testimony? Okay. 30 seconds, Mark. Love you, buddy. Uh, my name is Mark. For six years while I was in Redlands, I was using a cane to walk. Now I walk for uh, two miles a day with no cane. Woo! That's good. Perfect, dude. That was awesome. Way to go. Anybody else? Charmaine. I'm Charmaine. I, as you know, I'm a worshiper and I'm a praiser, and God has been so grateful to my husband and I. We've gone through a lot in the past year, but uh, I just en enjoy the worship here. I enjoy it's like a professional setting when we're involved in the worship here. So that I'm so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Praise God. One more. Anybody else? One more. Faith back there in the booth. this church. Mm. Um, my husband, of course, loves being involved in, in what he's involved, but um, if I'm honest, my, our last church caused me a lot more pain than it did mm. um, joy. And it's been difficult, but it's been an amazing blessing to walk into a church and find healing. 
for the first time in many, many, many years. And mm. we're so grateful for you guys. Awesome. We're grateful for you, Faith. And Tim a little too, but mostly you. Um, man, I want you to think about all those people that didn't raise their hand. I want you to think about what you're grateful the, the grateful position of your heart is right now, whether it's uh, something you're going through right now that's difficult and you're just purely grateful of the promise that the Lord is never going to leave you nor forsake you. That can be your gratefulness today, even if you're in trial. If maybe some of us, like Mark said, maybe there's been physical change by the Lord where he, he used to have to walk with a cane and now he can walk two miles, no cane. What, the, what in the world? I can't walk two miles. I need a cane. <laughs> like, I got a bad back, man. So every single one of us has something to be grateful for today, whether you know it or you don't. The Lord keeps his promises, and he never doesn't come through when he promises to come through. It's just sometimes his timing isn't always the way we would like it to be. Do you find, anybody else find that to be true? So um, I want to read to you a very familiar scripture to our church. Uh, it's actually a set of scriptures. I'm going to just read it real briefly, and then we're going to look at a, a, a video um, so Joshua 6, verse 1. This is the story of the fall of Jericho. And, and uh, Joshua is leading the people of Israel into the promised land. And they've, they've come upon this giant wall. And their, their enemies are all locked up inside. And it seems insurmountable. And uh, so this is what happens. Uh, Joshua chapter 6, now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. The, the, the people of Jericho were shut up in there because they heard what the mighty God was doing for the people of Israel. And so they were hiding behind this wall. None went out, none came in, and the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. With its king and mighty men of valor, I have given that. You, you notice that's past tense. Hasn't happened, but it has happened. Sometimes the thing's not the thing, you know. Um, that's so cool, God. Uh, you shall march around the city with all the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. And on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, when you hear the sound of the trumpet... Then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, this is the part that I love. Joshua doesn't even hesitate. He doesn't even argue with the Lord. He's like, 
He's like, he doesn't stay there and like, what? Walk around in circles with trumpets and ram's horns? Like, this is weird, God. But no, he doesn't do that. He goes right to the people in verse 6. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, go forward. March around the city and let the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord. Skipping to verse 10. Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout or make your voice heard. Neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. Verse 15. On the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Moving down to verse 20. So the people shouted and trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpets, the people shouted a great shout. Not just any old shout. Not like a weenie Sunday morning. I haven't had enough coffee yet, pastor, so I don't have enough to respond. But the people shouted a great shout shout, right? And the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Why am I talking about this today? If you've been in our church for over a year, you know about a year ago, we uh, launched something called the Go Forward Campaign. Uh, And it came straight Straight out of this verse is God asking Joshua to be obedient in something that sounded crazy. And so that's what we felt the Lord was asking us to do. Um, our, in the very beginning, I'm, I'm not going to go into the story, but we, the first three years of the Mission Church plant was a mess. We went through so much heartache And to stay afloat, we accrued some debt. And we began to hear the Lord's voice last year uh, asking us to move in faithfulness and obedience to uh, bring this before the congregation and try to chop this debt in half or remove it altogether. And so we kind of looked at each other like, this is crazy. Like, God, how many... You know, like, we have less than 100 people sometimes on a Sunday morning. Like, you know, this is nuts, you know. And, um, and so we, we, after, like, some arguing with God, I'm going to admit that it wasn't totally like Joshua where I, he just told him the crazy thing. And, and I went right and, like, said, okay, this is what we're going to do. no. No, there was some arguing with God, I'm going to be honest, and there was some, like, questioning, and it took about a month, I think, before 
the Lord prodded us enough to step out in faith. And um, so I want, I want to show this video. This is just a refresher. This isn't, this isn't something new. But I want you to remember, those of you that have been around, where we've come since then. And, and those that are, that are new and haven't seen this video before, I want it to rem, uh, communicate to you where we're coming from. And, so, and then I'm going to explain why we have so much to be grateful for this morning. So I promise I will. So. James, go ahead and roll that video. I always do my best to take Mondays off. That's just the rhythm I've set. It's my Sabbath, and I desperately need it because though I absolutely love being with people, it completely wears me out. And though I love it in every way, being a pastor, Sundays are big people days. So on Mondays, I stay home, I rest, and recoup. So a few months back, I was home on a Monday doing laundry and listening to these words from a worship song called Do It Again. Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. And right then and there, the Lord said, Jason, listen up. I stopped what I was doing and really listened to the rest of the song, and I was so deeply moved. Have you ever felt that there were walls in your life that you thought should have fallen by now? But there they are, still in your way. Many of us have these stories of a wall stopping us from moving into where we are called to be. These stories where we are lost in sin, carrying around sandbags of shame day in and day out, feeling like there's no way out or even around. And I'd be willing to bet that many of you have a wall that seemed insurmountable somewhere in your journey. And sometimes we feel resigned to the fact that these walls are simply the way it is. We go about our lives imagining what it might be like on the other side and knowing God's plan to overcome these obstacles but not having the courage to go forward with it. It's really easy to get comfortable when there's an obstacle you can't seem to get around. I wonder if that's how the people in Israel felt. On that Monday morning after I finished listening to that song, the Lord said to me, go read the story of the fall of Jericho. In Joshua 6, we see God's plan to take the city of Jericho, which was a part of the land that God had promised the Israelite people so long ago. God had provided in miraculous ways over and over for the people of Israel. And at the beginning of Joshua 6, he tells Joshua, I have given the city of Jericho into your hands. With everyone being silent, march around the city once a day for six days with the priests blowing ram's horns, carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And on the seventh day, march around seven times and at the end of the final lap, have everyone lift up a great shout. Then the walls of Jericho will fall flat and the city will be yours. Now, if I'm Joshua, I'm thinking, what? Are you crazy, God? This is your big battle plan, Lord? You want us to walk around the city walls, not once, but for seven days, while all the while our priests are blowing ram's horns? The thing I can relate to the most is now that God has mapped out the plan 
for Joshua, he now has to go back and communicate this ludicrous sounding plan to the Israelite people. Can you imagine? God gives him this crazy sounding plan and Joshua doesn't even flinch, not an ounce of hesitation. He goes right to the people to relay God's plan. And in verse 6 and 7, it says this, Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, march around the city and let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. Joshua is completely obedient to the Lord. And honestly, to me, that is all inspiring. Those words, go forward, became so clear to me. And it wasn't just a word for me or my family, but it was a word for this family, our church. See, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. When we planted this church, things did not go according to plan at all. I'm not going to get into the whole big hairy story. If you really want to know, let's meet over coffee and I'll share it with you. But I'll cut to the chase that in the first years of our church plant, we accrued some debt that feels very heavy to our little church. And up until this point, with some extraordinary help from our denomination's district office, we've made it. But in the last year, it's become clear that we need to take some significant steps to decrease our debt as a church or wipe the debt out altogether. I've been the leader of the Mission Redlands for over two years. I have spent many a sleepless night feeling the weight and shame of all of this. This debt feels like an insurmountable wall that we have lived at the base of for too long. We've been stuck in the shadow of this wall, staring at how high and wide it is, not knowing how to get to the other side of the place God has promised us. So when I was spending time with the Lord on that Monday in January, reading Joshua 6 again and again, the wholehearted obedience of Joshua and the people of Israel on this particular moment struck me. Joshua unflinchingly tells the Israelite people this crazy plan, and they do. You know why? Because God has provided for them in so many miraculous ways already. The people of Israel had already seen God provide food from the sky for them and part the Jordan River underneath their feet. They had seen miraculous works of God move mountains, and they believed he could do it again. I believe that God has clearly mapped out a plan of action for the mission Redlands to see this wall come down. Like Joshua, we need to be obedient. That's what we are striving to do as a church. I believe that God has clearly mapped out a plan of action for the Mission Redlands to see this wall come down. Like Joshua, we need to be obedient. And that's what we're striving to do as a church in this season, to go forward in obedience, walking in step with God in the center of his will. And we believe we will see the walls that are keeping us from where God intended us to be come down. We aren't asking you to simply partner with paying off the church's debt. It's so much grander than that. We're asking you to partner with the future ministry of Jesus Christ in Redlands through our church. We hope you will consider and pray about how God would use you in his plan. 
and that you would stay open to his will no matter how crazy it sounds. Because I believe deeply that this is the Lord's will. We've seen God do miraculous things in our church and we believe we'll see him do it again. Thank you. Yeah, so that was about a year and a half ago. And um, man, first of all, I want to say thank you to any of you who partnered with us, even if it was just in prayer. Thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart. I want to tell you a couple of behind-the-scenes things of that video because there was uh, some definite behind-the-scenes moments. Like, who heard that bird? That bird's annoying, right? Like, yeah, it just kept coming, but it's actually, that was the one take of that thing we could salvage because every time I would start speaking, uh, like, a a, a park uh, keeper would come by with a blower, you know, I'd be like, and Joshua, da da da, you know, and be blowing leaf blowers and stuff. Um, uh, that that map Sherry's holding, we wanted it to look old. It's a it's a map of France from the 1800s. Um, so it wasn't doing any good in the park, like, um, and so there's just all kinds of behind the scenes funny stuff that that happened with that, um, and. And there were some behind-the-scenes things for the whole campaign that were actually kind of difficult. Um, we set out to raise about $150,000 to eliminate the debt. And we, I mean, we are so beyond grateful. Um, we, ra- we ended up raising about sixty, which I have no zero shame in because there were families that made significant first steps in giving to the Lord. So please don't hear that as a discouragement, okay? Uh, Please don't hear that as a discouragement. But we ended up raising about $60,000, which is just, it's incredible, right? And, but there was the thing at the end where what we were really looking to do was to chop our loan payment in half because we were paying about $6,000 a month in loan payments uh, because we had a very high interest rate. The loan wasn't in our name. It was in the denomination's name. We were in uh, a developing church, which means we weren't uh, fully accredited by the denominational church. The best way I can describe that is like we were a teenage church that still had a curfew right? Like, like we still had rules put on us by our, our parents, right? And, um, and so there were some things at the end of that campaign is like, God, we stepped out in faith and, um, man, we're so beyond grateful for what you did, but you promised this, you know, we felt like you promised that you were going to, deal with this financial issue that our church had. And and so there was a little bit of like, I don't know what's going on kind of a thing, you know? And, and, uh, so the Lord never, like the Lord never promised he was going to do things in a certain order or a certain way. But here's the deal is he, his promises never fail. And so even when they don't turn out the way we thought they would, it's just, it ha- his timing hasn't come yet. Anybody experienced that before? Right, so here's where, here's where we are at a church. We're about a year and a half later outside of the, the 
go forward campaign and um, and we're at, you know we got about a half a year left and we're so thankful for those of you that continue to give um, uh, but here's what the Lord did and this is why we get to celebrate the Lord's faithfulness is um, first of all the Lord removed our curfew if that makes sense so about two months ago I don't know I'm just throwing that number out um, we had a very big uh, gathering of some of the founding kind of people of the mission, and we we took on our first official membership role, and we um, gave them this packet of bylaws and and uh, went through it step by step, and and took on an official membership, sent it into the denomination, and the denomination fully accredited our church. So now we are no longer a teenage church. We are a young adult church. Um, still, gets, still gets carded every now and then. Um, <laughs> but here's the deal. The Lord removed that ceiling, right? The, the loan was in the, the denomination's district office name. I know this is kind of hard to explain. Just stick with me. Uh, and so that was the first step in what the Lord, well, go forward was the first step. The accreditation was the second step. The third step that the Lord did just recently is that the Lord um, allowed us to get the building loan back in our name because we were an accredited church. And so before, our loan payment was $6,300, something like that, Terry. And so, so $6,300. Um, so now uh, we, we just, on my birthday, which was the best birthday gift ever to say goodbye to that loan and for it to be over, um, we just got the church back in the Mission Redlands name uh, because we're now a young adult church and our loan payment cut in half. So we went from from paying six six uh, sixty three hundred to like thirty three hundred or something a month, and so that is a significant difference. We have some some uh, some wiggle room now, um, just a little bit, you know, <laughs> and we're still very grateful for our renters, uh, um, Paradox Church that use the church on Saturdays, and we're grateful for you. But here's, here's, what I, here's what I want to try to get across to you today, and this is why I'm talking about this, and if the worship team could just come up while, while, we're, while we're finishing up with this. Um, this is why I bring this up, is that in, in the life of the church, there have been many, it hasn't been a straight path. It's been very, very curvy, and this was no different. We, we came to the end of what we thought the Lord was doing, and we said, all right, it's over. And he's like, not yet. It's not, not yet. And we moved forward in faith, and we chose as a church to continue to build this family and encourage each other and trust that the Lord keeps every promise he makes. And I stand here 
before you today feeling so uh, much gratitude of the Lord's faithfulness. And I want you to know that in your own life, like this is a big, um, you know, internal church thing that, that's kind of hard to explain, but I hope you capture that whatever situation you're in right now, it's probably not going to be a straight line. It's probably going to be curvy. And when it takes an unexpected turn that you don't ex- that you don't see coming, you can trust the Lord's faithfulness. You can trust that He's going to keep every promise that he ever made to you. And it may not be in your timing. It will always be in his. And his timing is always better than ours. So today, I believe that a position of gratefulness, I believe gratefulness is a position of the heart. Let me say it that way. And so I believe the overflow of gratefulness is praise. I'm going to say that again, and I expect some more reaction, okay? Because that's my line that I highlighted right here. Gratefulness is a position of the heart, right? And the overflow of gratefulness is praise. So we want to spend some time just worshiping the Lord. But before we do, we're going to have a time of communion. And we're going to partake in communion as Jesus asked us to. And if you're new with us, we have three tables. One here, one here, and one in the back there. Make it easy for people in the back. And uh, we say that you don't have to be a member of this church or anything. You just have to be a member of the family of God and Jesus has to be your savior to take communion. And so what we do when we take communion is we remember the body and blood of Jesus that was beaten and shredded and put in a tomb wrapped in grave clothes. Because on that cross, he carried our sin and our shame. He bore the sins of the world on that cross. And so today, we're going to remember the Lord's faithfulness by fighting our battles with the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And then we're going to allow praise and thanksgiving to be our weapon. Let's go to prayer. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you never made a promise that you didn't keep. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, every time the road took a curve, I feel like I doubted you a little. 
I humbly ask for forgiveness for that, Lord. Because you are truly faithful. Jesus, thank you for carrying our sin and our shame to the cross. We remember you as you asked us to. As we partake in uh, the bread and, and the wine, Father, restore anew your grace in us, Lord. Thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us. We love you, God. In Jesus' name. listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.